2020 and January 1st is a good day to talk about, again, resolutions. Did anybody do any resolutions this year? Raise your hand. One, two, I did one, three, four, all right? You're just tired of them, right? Well, we're going to talk about resolutions anyway. Let me see those hands again. One, two, three, four, five, six, there are six people. All right, it's good to have resolutions, right? Well, I, most of you, I'm thinking of Priscilla there. She's perfect almost in every way, so she doesn't have to do resolutions right there. She's just there, all right? So, but, you know, you know, as I look, I think, man, there's a lot of things we've got to work on, amen? I want you to look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, I'm going to read four verses. And it says this, it says, um, in verse number 31, it says, But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you, give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms, provide yourself bags with wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. Now look at verse number 34. You're familiar with this. It's found also in the book of Matthew. We'll look at it in just a second. It says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Resolutions or new beginnings show where your heart is. And so we're going to take a look at these verses, and then I'm going to give you something at the very end of the service, and I want you to fill it out, and it's yours. It's for your eyes only. And so you put it somewhere where you can look at it. And How many of you like report cards? If you, Shasta liked them. That means she got good grades. Everybody else struggled, okay? so But, you know, hey, we need to understand we need to have a report card of what we've done. We can't fix what we don't know is broken. And so let's look at these things real quick. Let's have a word of prayer. And then we'll get right into it. I'm going to ask Josh if he'll stand up and pray for us, and then we'll get right into it. Amen. Go to verse number 31. It says, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God. It's talking about the direction we've got to go. It's amazing what we look for when we need them. Amen. Anybody ever lose their wallet? How about your keys? How about your glasses? I have got so many reading glasses, it's pathetic now. I used to have one that wasn't reading glasses. I don't know what happened to those. But I need to, and, and now I get text all the time, it's time for your annual exam. Yeah, I know that because I'm finding these glasses that I just got. I remember my dad, my dad, when he, he worked at a funeral home, and I went to his home one time, I said, where are, where'd you get all these glasses? He goes, you really don't want to know that. <laughs> he, had, he had 30 pairs of glasses all around, they were all reading glasses, and everywhere you sat, you could pick two or three pairs up. And as we look at this, when we lose something, we've got to find it. The Bible says in this verse of 31, it says, but rather, because so, sometimes we seek the things we want. And God wants us to seek what He has for us. How many of you believe in an earnest thought process that God's thought process is better than ours? And His path is better than ours. So we've got to seek what He has for us. We've all been down that road where we're the wayward sheep. What does a shepherd have to do to get you back on, on course? If we were to take an exam of who we are, we'd probably want to change a few things, amen? 
So we're going to talk about that this morning, but it's, this evening. It says, but seek ye, and then it says, keep reading, it says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Isn't that great that God's going to give you things when you do what's right? So the heavenly father is just like the earthly father. If you, do, if you follow the earthly, your earthly father, he'll help you through certain things. Sometimes it's not, and, and, what, and I'm, going to, I'm going to illustrate this in a second, but what is the definition of blessed? What does that mean? It's interesting when, he's, when he talks, because go to verse number 32, and here's those two words that the angels say all the time. It says, fear not. Because the first verse talks about the things that we're supposed to seek, and these things will be added to you, but almost when you look at the Bible, you, you, get, you get overwhelmed with everything you must do. There's, how many of you read um, Psalm thir, um, Proverbs 31? Ladies, anybody read Proverbs 31? Have you ever tried to do all of those things? You know what happens when you try to do all of them? You get overwhelmed. There's no way you can do all of them. You pick and you figure out which ones you need to do. And, and, and there's other times when these other aspects will uh, apply to the situation. But it's virtually impossible to get all of them done. We get overwhelmed. You ever been there? I get overwhelmed. And I'm sure you do. I, I was sharing with um, Larry Hilton. Yesterday we were coming home from Asheville and and I got lost. And so I just whipped a U-turn and took off and came back to the interstate because my GPS is saying, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. You don't have to listen to those GPSs all the time. So I make a U-turn and I get on the interstate and all of a sudden there's blue lights behind me. They pull me over. And I wasn't nervous this time because there was two people in the back making fun of me and that would have been Josh and Meredith. And so I, I, I'm sitting there waiting for this guy. He takes all my information. He goes back to his car, and we're right getting, about ready to get on the interstate. And um, all of a sudden, Meredith makes a video of the blue lights behind us. Then she does something, and she Instagrams it. It wasn't but five seconds later that Brandon texts me and says, what are you doing? And I thought, how did he know that? I said, Meredith, I said, who are your friends on Facebook from our church? Shast is one of my friends. It took five seconds for someone to realize that I got pulled over in Asheville. He came back. He said, "Is this? Are you going straight home?" And I said, "Yes, sir, I am." And I'm sure they're they're overwhelmed on on um, December 31st with people driving drunk. He said, "You just go home. Here's your warning." I was like, "Thank you." And then then I said, "My son's a police officer, and I appreciate everything you do." But I wasn't going to say that. Where I thought I looked like I was trying to bribe him. But can I can I say things happen in your life? You might as well get used to it. You might as well take a survey of where you are all the time and do better things for it. Will I turn around like that again? Probably not. I won't do it in the dark where you can't see the car right in front of you over there. It has, has, has lights on it and you can't see it. You know, sometimes we don't see everything. We've got to seek to hit him first. And you get to the point where you say, how can I do all this? Keep reading and go, go to the next verse. And it says this in verse number 32. It says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. And a great verse. You're not little flock. Hey, God wants to give you, it's his pleasure to give you his kingdom. I, I, I love that because I, I look at it, God wants to bless us. You know, he does. And it's not the Joel Osteen blessing, it's just God blessing us. What's the, what's the definition of blessed? 
It's not always money, is it? In fact, most of my blessings are not money. Um, and it's not gift cards either, okay? But what, what, what's a blessing to you? How do you define the word bless? He wants to bless us. He does it all the time. What does he do? He gives you good health. He gives you family. We've been blessed to have them with us for a couple weeks. Got to see the little one. We got to see the hoodlum. We got to see Megan. We got to see James. It's a blessing. God gives us blessings all the time. It's just how you define blessings. Aren't you thankful you don't get everything that you wanted? Because if you did, you would not be happy. Because once you get everything you wanted, guess what happens? There's more stuff. There's always something better. But you just got to define the word blessed. Let's look and see what Matthew chapter nine says, Matthew chapter six says. And here's the same story. Of course, this is found in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter six. And go to verse number nineteen. It says basically the same thing, but I just want to point out some things that he he says in this one. In Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen, it says, um, "Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay your tre- yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where." Thieves do not break, th- st- break through nor steal. There, there's your verse again. Well, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Because you know what most people do? They live their life for things that rust will des- destroy and moss will destroy. Anybody have ever bought their, their, their favorite car? Remember when you were a young kid and you wanted to buy your car, men in here, and you bought that car? Anybody do that? Anybody in here? Bobby did, I did. Um, anybody else? I, I, Nathan's got his now, amen. Jeremy, does, Jeremy has his now too, right, amen? All right, well, Bobby, what, what ever happened to that car? We don't, I don't even know where my car what, is. It was a, a Ford Fairlane and it was a lot of metal to it. It's probably in thousands of Coke cans across the nation right now. <laughs> But we sit there and we go, we've got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. And we put all of our time and effort into something, and guess what? It's going to be gone. We've done that with clothes before. You say, oh, I've got to have this, I've got to have that. And guess what happens with the clothes? Some of us outgrow the clothes, amen? Some of us outwear the clothes. And then what happens with those clothes? Do your clothes do the progression that mine do? They're good clothes, semi-good clothes, work clothes rags for my garage. And sometimes I'll look at them and go, I remember when I bought this. I was looking at something, I, I can remember certain clothings, that, that, certain things that I bought. How many of you were blessed to go to the Knoxville World Fair in 1984? In 1982? 82. Anybody go there? I remember going there. I remember I got a gray shirt that said Knoxville World Fair 82, it was gray, it had white lines on it, white stripes on it. I could remember wearing that all the time. When I go by that ball, that, that dome out there, I always say, there's, the, there's where it was. Like they really care. But I can remember getting that shirt, liking that shirt, only wearing it a certain time. I have no idea where it's at. But that's what we do in our life. The Bible says this, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We want to put our treasure and our heart together and there's no way you can separate those. just depends on what you remember. I ask you what the word blessing is. Let me ask you this. What's a treasure for you? 
I like it that it says that then in heaven, thieves won't steal it. Isn't it great to not have anything wrong? I was telling them I read a story this morning on, on, on Fox News of a, a man that had, he kept blaming, the, the lady who was living with him kept blaming her for eating all of his food. Couldn't figure out what was going on. She said, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. And then he showed the video and he put a video camera up there unbeknownst to her and he saw her eating stuff. And then when she turned towards the camera, he realized it wasn't her. There was someone that was living in his crawl space. And she would jump down and eat all of his food. In fact, at one particular moment, it showed her reaching in there and grabbing orange juice out of the bottle and drinking it and putting it back in. She would sit down and eat all of her food in his living room. She heard a noise. She hid, and it showed him on the video. Walk up to the orange juice, open it up, and drank out of the same orange juice a total stranger just drank out of. Come to find out, they had found out that she wanted to rob him, but she actually liked living in his crawl space for two weeks. There's, there's not going to be any of that in heaven. Things can't be taken away from us. That's why we've got to go for eternal things rather than the, the temporal things that we have here. Let me ask you just three simple questions. How do you attain treasures in heaven? How do you get right? And how do you judge yourself now? Let's look at these three questions really quick. How do you attain treasures in heaven? I think the first thing is you've got to have a pure heart. Because we can't, we can't pull the wool, as, as, the, as, the, as the statement goes, I can't pull the wool over God's eyes. God sees who I am. He sees through, through what I am. I've got to be pure in heart. Not only do I have to be pure in heart, I have to be going the right direction. God is not going to bless me with something if I'm not going in the right direction. Um, go to Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at this real quick. Matthew chapter 5. And verse number, this is the Beatitudes. Look at verse number 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's not might be filled, it is you are going, you will be filled if you want righteousness. So how do you attain treasures in heaven? By doing what's right, you will be filled. We must be right to have the treasures in heaven because we have to have the right attitude. If we have our attitude, it's never right. We've got to have that pureness in heart. We've got to understand we've got to go in the right direction. We've got to ask God to do it. Well, how do you get right? You ever met somebody and you go, I just wish you'd do what's right? You ever been there? You see, you see so much potential in certain people, and if they would just do what is right, it'd be amazing what they could do. But they don't want to do what's right. They don't want to do what is right. Turn over a couple chapters. Go to Matthew chapter 7. We all love this verse, probably the most misquoted verse in the Bible, Matthew chapter 7. Go to verse number 1. How many of you ever heard this, someone misquote this to you? You can't judge me. That's not what the verse is saying. It says, judge not that you be not judged. Keep reading on this passage and it'll actually tell you what it means. It says, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eyes, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Basically what he's saying here is the person that wants to fix everything, 
has got a basically a telephone pole sticking through their, through their eye. And they're walking up to somebody and saying, let me do a delicate surgery and pull a toothpick out of your eye. Would you let somebody do that? I wouldn't. But what it is saying is we've got to get ourselves where we judge ourselves and make sure we're in a good situation before we judge somebody else's. You can't judge somebody that's bitter if you're bitter already. You can't. You can't judge somebody that covets everything when you're coveting everything. You've got to have the right heart to do it. If you don't have the right heart, you might as well be quiet. We've all seen the parent. Listen, you shouldn't smoke. You've all, we've all seen a parent like that. I just saw that on TV just recently. You shouldn't smoke. It's not good for you. And, and by the way, vaping is just as bad. I think when people vape, it, I, sometimes I think they're on fire. I've walked behind one at Walmart. I thought, how could they get so much smoke in their little body? We, we can't, you can't tell somebody not to do something when you're doing it. That's what he's saying. That's why Jesus was a perfect judge. He didn't do anything wrong. But he was tempted in all that we are, and yet he still didn't do anything wrong, so he can judge us. Praise God for that, a righteous judge. You know the problem with America, with our judges? They're not perfect. They're not perfect people. And when you hear one fall, you almost get shocked by it. But hey, they're not perfect people. We're not perfect. But when it comes to judging other people, we've got to put ourselves in, in the perspective of what they see. If I'm bitter towards somebody and then I walk up and say, you know, bitterness will destroy you. They don't want to hear it. And kids can see it. They can see it. You don't see, you don't ever go to a fitness place and see a real fat guy go and say, let me tell you something. This is how you do this. You can have a body just like me if you do this. And I'm thinking, I don't want a body like yours. Mine's pretty close to yours anyway. You don't see that. My mom always said, you don't trust a skinny cook. Praise God, you've got to make sure they know what they're doing. So we've got to understand what judging is. How do you get right? You've got to make sure you're right. You've got to make sure you're right. Let's flip over, and I want you to see this. Go to, Luke, go to Luke's part, um, aspect of this. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. I'll wait till you get there. Because I want to read a few verses. I'm going to skim over some of them, but I want you to see where this is. You say, well, why should, I, why should I judge myself and make sure I'm okay? Luke, Luke chapter 6 and verse number 37. Luke 6, 37 says, Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Here's the whole passage. The whole passage actually starts in verse number 27 goes all the way to 38. And I want to show you really quick five things that are in there that when you judge yourself, you're putting yourself in pretty good... Pretty good um, company. You know what the first one is? Go to verse number 27. What's the first thing you're supposed to do? It is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 words. What are they? Love your enemies. Oh, well, that's ridiculous. Why could you do that? Isn't Jesus the one that did that? Did he not die for the people that hung him on the cross? Did he not die for centurion soldiers? Did he not die for Pilate? Did he not die for all these things? And yet he said nothing. He loved him enough to lay down his own life for people that could care less about him. He loved the people that parted his clothes. He loved the man that put the thorn, on his, the thorn of crowns on his head. He loved the man that gave him the vinegar to drink. 
You say, well, that's Jesus. I'm not Jesus. No, but we should be pretty much like Him. We are Christians. That's to be like Christ. And here, we've got to get to the point where we love our enemies. Why do you love your enemies? You ever thought about that? Why does God want you to love your enemies? He doesn't want you to have any enemies. Your worst enemy doesn't deserve hell. And when you, as a Christian, act like an enemy to somebody else that treats you like an enemy, you're not pointing them to Christ. You know what you're saying to them? You're just like them. There's been times when I, in ministry, you have to be kind to people that don't like you. That's always a blessing. I just love doing that. And sometimes I'll have a, a, a little fit at home and I'll tell my wife and, and I'll say, I just don't want to do this. And you know what happens? The Holy Spirit comes in my life and says, you know what? You've got to do it anyway. We've got to love our enemies. And the next one is judging. We'll go to verse number 36. I like this word too. you got loving your enemies. 36, be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. So now you've got loving your enemies and mercy. Do you think God wants us to be like Him? Now, when you judge yourself, are you, are you showing that he is higher than you are? Absolutely. But mercy? How many of you like to have mercy? Okay, how many of you like to have mercy given upon you? Raise your hand. I, I do. Okay, all, all you honest people, raise your hand. All right. And how many of you like to show mercy to people that you don't want to give mercy to? Whoa. We all have that one person in our family that's not all there. Or we have somebody that's done something bad. We've got to show mercy to them. Anybody been treated bad lately? Yeah. You know what God wants you to do? Still be nice to them. That's why loving your enemies first and mercy second. Then the third one is what? Go to the next verse we just read. It's judging. There's a judgment in there. So it's loving your enemies, being merc- having mercy, showing, showing um, judgment, And then in verse number 7, it says something else, forgiveness. Wow, we love forgiveness, don't we? How many of you like to forgive people? How many of you ever made this prayer? Lord, please forgive me for what I've done. Have anybody ever prayed that? And what does God do? He forgives you. Has anybody ever said, please forgive me for what I've done to you? And then you sit back and go, I just got to think about that one for a little bit. Let me brew on that one for a while. I don't want to love my enemy, and right now you're my enemy because you're asking for forgiveness. I don't want to show you mercy. I definitely don't want to show you forgiveness. Don't you see how God wants us to see who we really are? And then the last one. Why he puts us in there? I love the Bible, and I think this is a great thing because you see it, you've got Um, loving your enemy, showing mercy, judging yourself, make sure you're in the right thing. The next one is what? Forgiveness. And then when you get all these done, guess what? You know what's easy after you do all these? The next one. Look at the next verse. All of a sudden, giving's in there. Because if you're going to love your enemy, you're going to have to give something. If you're going to have to show mercy to somebody, you're going to have to give something. If you're going to judge yourself, you're going to have to give something. And if you are going to ask forgiveness, if you're going to give forgiveness, you're going to have to give something, something you don't want to give. 
But look what it says. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. That's why I always give people $5 so God will give me back 10 amen? Is that what you think? That's not how it works. But it says, give and it shall be given unto you. And then it says, good measure, press down. Amen. How many of you ever had the privilege of, make, of messing with flour? You know, you can get a lot of flour in a, in a bowl. Especially if you do what? Push it down. When I was growing up, I remember my mom would make pies and she'd have us do the, you, you, your hand would be worn out. You should put the flour in that. I don't know what that, what's that thing called? What? Sifter. And I'd sit there and, and I'd, every time I do this, I'd think, Mom, you really need to get a new one because this thing's kind of rusty and it's hurting my arms. And then I had to go to the other one. And you go home. But you'd see, and there'd be a little bit of flour, but when you sifted it, man, it just made so much more. Then you'd take it, and you put it in a bowl, and then you, if I pushed it down, she'd get mad at me. But I, this is what God does with, with giving. If you give, he'll give it back to you, and not only will he give you back what you've, what you've done, he'll give it more. And it, again, it's not just finances. If you give mercy, do you not think you're going to get mercy back in return? If you love your enemies, do you not think things are going to come back to you? It is amazing to me when you go visit and you visit people and you knock on doors and you invite people to church. A lot of times those people will never come, but you know what God does? He brings visitors another way, showing you that He's thankful for what you've done. It doesn't have to be the same thing, but He's all about this giving. I don't want to be known as a taker. Do you? I want to be known as a giver. You say, well, he'd give, how many of you have said this? He'd give the shirt off his back. I know people like that. But you know, on the other side, I know people that take the shirt off your back. You been there? Which one are you? Bible says here that he's going to, if you give, it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. You basically, you know what this is saying? What's the principle that's found throughout the Bible? You've heard me say this before. There's a principle that's found through Genesis through Revelation. It's this. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So the last question is this. We've got how do you, how do you, how do you attain treasures in heaven? By a, good heart, a pure heart, by righteousness, by the right direction. And then you've got to understand that you've got to go the right direction for the get, to get the treasures in heaven. How do you get right? By judging yourself and understanding what loving your enemies, mercy, Judgment, forgiveness, and giving is. And how do you judge yourself now? If you were to take a grade on your service in 2019, and I'm talking to the choir here. We're talking to the ones that come Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. How would you grade yourself? Hmm. All of a sudden got really quiet in here. What kind of grades would you get? A's, B's, C's, that's average, by the way, D's, or F's. You know, when I, when, I, when I did this myself, there's some good grades I got, some bad grades I got. I'm going to help you with this tonight. And this thing that I'm going to give you is for your eyes only. You don't need to show it to anybody. I'm going to give you a report card. Not that, I, not that I'm not judging you. It's going to be you judging you. And I'm going to give you a report card, and I want you to take it. Brother, why don't you get up and give Denver those, and he's going to pass, you guys are all going to pass these around. 
And even at the bottom, it says confidential. I put that down there so no one else would look at it, all right? So Wayne, when you get done with yours, she is not to look at it, okay? And Kathy, I know Bernard's going to try to look at yours. He doesn't need to look at yours. But I got, I've got some questions in here. If you were to judge yourself as a Christian, what do you think God would look at and ask you what, you what you did well with? Don't look at this list, but I want you to tell me what it would be. What do you think God would judge you on? Anyone? What? Motive? What about Bible reading? I think God would judge you on that. He gave you a letter. He wants you to read it. What else do you think? You, what, is, what would a Baptist preacher say? Bible reading, prayer. Lindsay goes, prayer, prayer, talking to him. All right. Um, what are some other ones? You think God talks about faithfulness in the Bible enough for you to be faithful? Absolutely. So here's your report card. If you can open these up right now, let's look at these. I don't want you to fill these out right now. I want you to fill them out later where you can look at them. I came up with this myself. Amen. Praise God. The first one, Bible reading, based on percentages of days. What percentage of days did you read your Bible last year? What would be your yearly grade? Okay, let's go to the next one. Um, daily praying. Yeah, did you pray for the church? Do you think the church needs your prayer? I mean, after seeing that video of what happened in Texas, churches need our prayers. You think you need to pray for the staff here? Absolutely. What about our missionaries? Anybody know a missionary personally? If you ask a missionary what they want more, finances or prayers, most of your missionaries, if they're worth anything, will say prayers. Because they can do more with prayers than they can do with finances. Now, they won't look finances down if you give it to them. But they're going to they're gonna tell you they want you to pray. Okay, what about witnessing? On a personal level, did you witness to people? Huh. Church, did you go to our, to, to our, monthly, our bi-monthly things that we're going to do on Saturday? What about passing out tracts? How many tracts did you pass out? Hmm. Giving. Now this is yes or no. Tithing. Or no tithing. You can't say, I do it about 90%. That's not tithing. You got to do tithing 100%. And I want to tell you something. The last two offerings, we've had two great offerings, and I'm thankful for that. But you know what? Let's talk about individually in here. Where are you at on that? And you say missionaries, missions, you don't have to give a certain amount. You can just get, even if you give a little bit above and beyond, that's helping the missionaries out. Where do, you, where do you rate in that one? What about faithfulness to Sunday school? Well, that's real early. I mean, that's at 10 o'clock. And I, again, I'm talking to the choir in here. It's amazing to me when people say, oh man, 10 o'clock? I got to get up at 10 o'clock. What other times do you get up during the week? Anybody get up after 10 o'clock anytime during the week? Josh, put your hand down. Okay, here we go. He's on California time. He has an excuse, okay? I think. All right. It's not that early. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. What about this? Mis ministry. Precip precipitation? No. <laughs> it's raining in here. I'm not even going to try to say that word now. Anyway, do you participate in stuff? You say, well, I do this. I do." And you know what? We've got people that do a lot of different things. I'm going to brag on two boys in here that you sometimes you don't see what they do. And that's Nathan and Jeremy. You do not see what they do. They, Jeremy comes in and cleans the, cleans the room in here. If, if it's dirty where you're sitting, that's not my fault. That's Jeremy's fault. Amen? Nathan gets over there and he helps um, Pete in the, in the sound room. And helps, he's helped Daniel do a bunch of different things around the church. 
and they participate in things. When we have a work day, I know they're going to be there. Um, if I could get Nathan to come to men's prayer breakfast, that'd be another thing. But um, hey, he participates in certain things. You find something. And then I brought these two things at the very end because I want you to really understand this. Kindness and loving. Do, do you show kindness to people? Are you a loving person? Do you care about people? When I was a supervisor at UPS, I had 17 drivers. You knew who my worst driver was? I hate to say this. He was a deacon of a Baptist church. I can't tell you how many times he'd call and say, I can't come in today. He didn't have any sick days left because he used every one of them. When he'd get one, he was like, I knew. When I got one in Denver, I'd go, he's not going to come in tomorrow. And he'd go, oh, I can't come in tomorrow. You knew who my best driver was? A homosexual. I could throw packages at him and say, Just, yes, sir, I'll do it. Shouldn't be that way. Kindness and loving each other. And watch the last one. Because there's something that creeps into people and we don't even see it until it's too, too far gone is bitterness. And by the way, you should get an F in bitterness. That's what you want. You want a low number in bitterness. If you get an A in bitterness, you need to come talk to me. You shouldn't, you shouldn't get, look at the aspect of judging yourself and say, I don't want to do this. Because when you look at this, it truly tells you what you are. And again, this is for no one else's eyes. I don't want them back. On the back, it says, you can put your name on it, put it in your Bible somewhere and say, you know, this next year, I need to work on so-and-so. I need to work on being kinder. I need to work on being more friendly. I need to show um, that I'm not bitter towards things. Because you know what? Bernard, it only takes just a smidgen of something to happen and you get bitter. Oh, well, he didn't call me to do this. He didn't call me to do that. Or she didn't ask me to do this. She didn't ask me to do that. All it takes is that and then bitterness is in. And you know what Satan uses the most? Bitterness. And it, it grows as the steps as what the Bible says. Sometimes you just get mad and then it turns into bitterness. Are we faithful? I've heard, my, I've heard a preacher say, whatever price it's going to take to make you unfaithful, the devil is willing to pay for it. He will pay as much as he can to get us unfaithful, to get us bitter, to get us where we're not kind and loving towards each other. Where do you rank on your report card? Would I be on the honor roll? Probably not. But you know what it does when I look at it and I filled it out? It shows me where I need to work on it. That's what a resolution is all about. Changing things that you do wrong. I know you're going to have, find this hard to believe, but Anne, am I the perfect husband? She didn't even pray about it. She just answered real quick. I know that. There's things I've got to work on. Hun, is there things you have to work on? Absolutely. I know there's a lot of things Josh has to work on. But, you know, as we look at our lives, life is too short not to judge yourself. We've got to be different.